Awesome. So Exodus chapter chapter 3, and there are no slides, but what we have done is left a few blank pages in your service sheets where you can write some notes. How about that? This guy thought of everything. So go for that. Take a look at that. And, and uh, I just want to take a look at a very familiar story in uh, Exodus chapter 3. A very simple story or a very simple message, but I want to share a really important principle about how God responds and intervenes on the earth today. And uh, I, I've, I've called this message, if you're taking notes, I choose you. And that'll make sense in just a, just a little while. It's something I've shared, shared on before a few years ago, but it's it's one of those messages that often needs to be uh, repeated. And I'm gonna we're going to do this from, from a preaching point of view, expository style, which means we're just going to read through this passage, these passages of Scripture. We're not going to go anywhere else or tell any other stories. We're just going to allow the Word to preach today, all right? So we're camping around the story of Moses. How many love Moses? Great guy, if you've, if you've seen the movie. Uh, but uh, Moses is probably one of my favorite Bible characters, apart from Jesus. You've got to say that. But um, he's just, Moses led to such a fascinating life. And if you're not familiar with the life of Moses, he starts out as a little Hebrew baby. Of course, we all started out as babies, but you know what I mean? He, he starts out, in fact, he's found floating in the reeds uh, in Egypt by the Pharaoh's daughter. And she has compassion on him. She raises little baby Moses to become an Egyptian prince. And one day when Moses is a lot older, he gets himself in a spot of difficulty. He loses favor with the Egyptian king and he flees into the desert, a place called Midian. And uh, you could call it extended stress leave or early retirement, but Moses leaves. He leaves Egypt, he, get, he gets out of there and he kind of goes into hiding. Meanwhile, all the time that Moses is in Midian, and we're talking about 40 years back in Egypt, back at his birthplace, the treatment of his fellow Hebrew brothers and sisters gets worse and worse. They're held captive as slaves there. And then a new Pharaoh kind of comes into power and he, and he treats them even worse. And the children of Israel, the Bible says that they groan and cry out to God for help. And it's an appalling situation if you know about what they were having to do, make bricks and, uh, and just, just, you know, just really, really difficult. And, and in the midst of all of that happening, we don't know what Moses was thinking. The Bible doesn't tell, tell us about anything to do with that. In fact, we don't even know if, if, if Moses was aware of all of the suffering that was going on back in Egypt. He probably did, but we're not sure if this was even a concern for Moses. But we do know this, that it was a concern for God. It was a concern for Him. And you know what? That's a really good lesson for us. If it's a concern for God, then it should be a concern for us. All right? You think about some of the things going on in the world today and in our nation today. Are they a concern for God? If they are, they need to be a concern for us too. Whatever is on God's heart needs to be on our heart. All right. Exodus chapter 3, 
Let's just pick it up from verse 1. It starts by saying this. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Exodus 3 verse 2 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, listen to this, in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And so Moses, he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And that is an amazing story. I read it to my son a couple of uh, weeks ago in his cartoon kids Bible, which is really awesome. And, uh, and it's an incredible story. And I don't understand all of this part, like why, why God used a bush to get Moses' attention. Like, I don't know why he could have set one of... Moses' sheep on fire, for example. That may have also worked, although probably would have got a bit smelly. But, but it says here, if you're following me in this, that the bush burned, but it did not burn up. It was on fire, but it was not being consumed. And so here is Moses. He's out doing sheep stuff, and he's minding his own business. He's working. He's tending the flock, and a bush spontaneously erupts. It was a butane bush, right? You, you get the picture. And I'm not sure what kind of reaction that would get out of you if that happened to you, but I love what it says in Exodus 3 verse 3, the reaction of Moses as we keep reading. It says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burnt. Like, so understated, right? Like, oh, a burning bush, right? Like, and, and, you know, maybe if it was a more modern translation, we would probably read something like, what the, hey, a burning bush, what is going on? But anyway, it, it, and if that's not crazy enough, a bush that burns but wouldn't burn up, it says in verse 4, when the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to look from inside the bush, God called out to him saying, Moses, Moses. The bush speaks, right? Like, wow, this is crazy. If a, if a self-combusting bush isn't a surprise enough, if a burning bush that doesn't burn up doesn't get your attention, then how about a talking burning bush? Because that's what's happening right here in this story. Moses, Moses, it's an incredible account. And like, I'm sh like I said, I'm not sure exactly why God used a plant to get his attention. Oh, I don't know why he didn't just send a messenger from Egypt to tell him the problems that were going on back there or appear to him in a dream, which was often what happened in the Bible. I don't know, but here's what I do know. This story in, in Exodus 3 is about a man whose attention is desperately needed from God. God needed the attention of Moses and he got it. Right? He got it loud and clear. That's a crazy way to do it. But God got the attention of Moses. And it says in verse 4, when the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. I'm here. I, I, I'm here, God. And verse 5, it says, 
God says to him, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. It was holy because God just showed up, right? Verse six says, moreover, God said, I am the God of your father, Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. In other words, I'm not just a bush. Just in case Moses was confused, God really lays it out and tells him what's actually going on. And it says, Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7 says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Verse 8, this is one of want you to kind of take a little bit of attention on. It says, so I have come down to deliver them. Let me just read some of this again. God says, I have seen the oppression of my people and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters and I know their sorrows. So I, God says, have come down to deliver them. I'm coming down, Moses. And it doesn't matter what uh, version you read this from, if you've got a Bible with you, this morning, whether it's the, I don't know, the NIV or the NKG or the ESV. In fact, I looked at literally every Bible version online in this, on this passage, and every single version says pretty much the same thing. God saying, I am coming down. I am coming down. I have come down to deliver them. And so we, we see this. God had heard and seen the oppression of those in slavery. He'd heard all of the cries and, and seen the suffering. And now God was responding. God was coming down. Are you following this this morning? God was coming down. So I have come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land, the land that they were in, to a good and large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And I believe that Moses, upon hearing these words from God that he had heard and he had seen and that he was coming down, I reckon Moses would have been pretty happy about that, right? He, he would have been ecstatic because he had seen with his own eyes many years before the mistreatment of his people. And he probably knew what was continuing to go on back in Egypt. In chapter 2, we don't have time to go back this morning, but we, we read about how, how Moses had intervened when he saw an, an Egyptian soldier uh, beating a Hebrew. And so it actually says that Moses killed the Egyptian, buried him in the sand, and, and so, so was the abhorrence to the mistreatment of the Hebrew people. He was willing to kill someone for it, and that's what got him into trouble, and that's why he had to flee. And so all of these years later, now Moses hears that God himself is coming down. Like enough is enough. God, the big guy himself, was coming down to get involved. He was going to intervene. And I reckon Moses was thinking, man, this, this is some amazing news. This is some good news. God, you are finally coming down. Come on, look out, you pesky Egypt. Sick him, God. This is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. Come on down, God, and do your amazing stuff. And Moses here have, has probably just heard the, the most amazing news of his 80-year life, that, that God was going to come down. And just for time's sake, I want to skip verse 9 and run straight into verse 10. And I want you to pay attention to the next bit. 
So verse A, let me just repeat that. It says, so God says, I, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Jump through verse 9 to verse 10. And then God replies, come now, therefore, Moses, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, I'm not sure if you caught that, but that's kind of confusing, right? Like, I'm not sure if you're seeing this, but verse 8, we, we hear about God saying, hey, Moses, I'm coming down. I'm getting involved. I've seen all that's going on. And then the very next breath, we hear God saying, so Moses, I'm sending you to do it. And you can be forgiven for thinking when I read this the same time, wait a minute, didn't, didn't he just say that he was coming down? Like, what, you know, Moses, but wait a second. What, you said you were coming down. What's all this business about me going? And, 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 and didn't God just say, I have heard the cries and I am coming to their rescue. And then he says to Moses, so I'm sending you, Moses. And we know from the response, which we'll read in just a moment, that this was not what Moses was expecting. And it may not make much sense to us either until we get to understand, we realize the way that God operates, how he works when it comes to the earth, even to this very day. Because it is a method of operation that we've really got to understand this morning, church. Because God was revealing to Moses a method of his intervention on the earth that he's been using for thousands of years since. And I really want you to get this because it's good. God said to Moses, I've heard the cries. I've seen the need. I've seen the lost and the hurting people. And Moses, it is moving my heart like I've seen so much suffering, and, and yes, I'm going to answer. I'm, I'm going to come down. But, but guess what, Moses? My answer is you. You, Moses, are my answer. <laughs> and it's, it's so simple, right? But it's so profound. And it's this, guys. You are God's answer. You are God, you're it. You are God's answer. Do you want to know how God will answer the prayers of the righteous about the state of the world? Do you want to know how God will intervene on the earth regarding all of the people who are waiting to be rescued from the junk of their lives? Do you, do you want to know how God answers the problems that are happening? Like, why does, why does God allow this to happen or that to happen? Why does God allow suffering and poverty and war? Do you know what God's answer to that is? You. <laughs> it's you, Norma Menzies. It's you. He answers us by saying like he did to Moses, I am coming down, Moses, so go, I am sending you. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Isn't that amazing? Listen, listen, there's a whole lot of good stuff to take away this morning. Moses is, which is kind of hard to say, 
It's like Jesus's. Moses's going was God's coming down. His going, his coming down was Moses's going. Moses's going was God's coming down. Moses's sending was God's idea of a rescue. Listen, because when God is stirred, he stirs in you. Right? When God is moved, he moves through you. When God wants to come down, he comes down through you. I read a great book a few years ago, and I recommend this book. It's got a big, hard title. It's called Intercessory Prayer. It's a book by a man named Dutch Sheets. And in it, he says this quote, Though God is sovereign, yes, he is. Though God is all-powerful, the scriptures clearly tell us that he limited himself concerning the affairs of the earth to working through human beings. Oh, no! Oh, that's a bit of rubbish. We're in trouble now. <laughs> someone, someone once said, God always rises somewhere for something through someone. God always rises somewhere for something through someone. And like Moses... We'd probably all like God just to come down and, and rescue all the people, right, and take care of all the problems. Like Moses, we'd love him to just come down and, and wave his magic wand and kind of go, Shazam, and just fix all the problems in, in the world that are the result of our stupidity, right? But like Moses, we'd love God to just come down. But listen, friends, God is saying loud and clear from the pages of Exodus, and if you read right through the Bible, through the Gospels into the, into the New Testament, he said, I choose you. I am sending you. I choose you. I choose you. I choose you, Jacob. I choose you, Kim. I choose you, Arpi. I choose you. He chooses us. You are my answer, God is saying. My coming down looks like you being sent. My coming is your going. My intervention, my deliverance, what does that look like? It looks like you. It looks like you. And this is a hard thing for us to get our heads around. What do you mean? It looks like me. God said, I choose you to do it. And we can have empathy in this in this text in Exodus for Moses, he'd never seen this modeled before. He'd never heard about this kind of intervention. He may not have seen God use anyone, certainly didn't realize that God was wanting to use him. He had nothing to go on, no previous knowledge. But in this, in this Old Testament story is this new covenant reality, if you like, that right around this room, right now, right here, and anyone listening to this later are chosen people. Chosen ones, chosen people. The Bible says that you have been chosen and appointed by God to bear good fruit. 
to bear fruit from your life. He's calling each one of us today to be His answer wherever it is you are. Right? In your in your workplace, in your field of expertise, in your family, in your home. He is calling you to be the answer in your marriage. In your pe- He's calling you to be the answer wherever it is you have your hands on, whatever sphere of influence or responsibility you have. God is calling you to be the answer. Some of you may be listening to this and going, mm-hmm. Maybe the other guy, but I'm not sure about me. <laughs> like, like, I've disqualified myself. I, I couldn't be God's answer. Or, you know, I, I don't have what it takes. I'm not, I'm not talented enough or something. I, I'm not the type of person that God would be able to use. Listen to what it says in verse 11 if, as we keep on reading this in Exodus 3. Moses replies, here's Moses' response to this. Go, Moses, I'm sending you. Who am I? He goes, who am I? Like, you're crazy, God. You've got this all wrong. You want me to, who am I? Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? In other words, I am, Moses was essentially saying, just a washed up, stuttering, nervous, nothing to offer Hebrew, who's had his chance at life about 40 years ago, and you can see, God, I completely blew it. Now I'm hiding in the desert. Who am I that you would send me? Send someone else. And maybe like Moses, you're saying to yourself, who am I? Who am I that God, you would would choose me? You'd say that I'm, I'm the answer, but listen, friend, I just want to remind you, you never qualified yourself, right? Like, you know, outside of God, you can't do it. Like, you got into the kingdom of God through His saving grace, through His performance, through that one act on the cross. Like, just don't try to. He did it for us. It was a gift, a, the gift of grace. For us, and, and guess what? Not only did you come through like the Trojan horse of grace to come into the kingdom of God, but you, you, you continue to walk that journey by that one act. The, the, the performance of Christ on a cross rescued us from our sin. We receive his, his righteousness. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. You're still his answer. You're still God's answer and his His finger is pointed at us today and he's saying, I love you. I love you so much. You're incredible. I I love you and I choose you. You're my answer. It's you. Don't look at the next person and go, oh, maybe someone. No, it's you. You're you're his answer. The the lost and hurting people that that God wants to reach. The, the, The brokenhearted, the people walking with no purpose, the the ones that you've been praying for, perhaps. All of the stuff going on in the world around us. God's heard those cries. He's he's seen the hurt. He's seen the pain. He's seen the suffering. He's seen the, the brokenness. God has seen all of those things and He has heard it and His heart is stirred and moved. He's saying, come on, come on, aspire. I've seen all of this going on. I've heard the cries but and the cries of people longing for something else, longing for purpose, longing for something more. And God's saying, so I'm coming down. I'm going to get involved. But guess what? I'm coming down through you. 
thanks very much. But, Those of us who've been at Aspire for just a, just a little while will have heard the testimonies that we've been recording and will continue to record, heard the stories about how people have discovered Christ and how God's found them, and, and you'll find the many more that we'll continue to do that and probably most of these testimonies involve somebody else reaching out. If it's a... If it's a Sunday school or a care center worker who's reaching out or sharing if it's a I think someone's had a Gideon Bible or something but it involves someone speaking up somebody doing something who realized wow you know what I think his coming down may be my going out I think his coming might be my going the way God comes, the way God intervenes on the earth is, is actually through me. God rises somewhere for something through some, someone. I'm nearly done this morning. In fact, why don't, why don't the band do some tinkly stuff? That'd be great. Verse 12 of Exodus 3. We're, still just going, we're just still going through this verse by verse. Letting the scriptures do the speaking here. Verse 12, Moses is like, who am I? I don't know about this, God. I think you may have the wrong person. And you know, if you know the story, there was a bit of a battle going on there with Moses. Just his confidence wasn't so great. But anyway, verse 12, God says, he said, I will certainly be with you. And this is the good part. And this shall be a sign that I sent you, Moses, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve them on this mountain. And as Moses struggles with the realization that, that he's God's answer, like, well, I, I am God's, I can't believe it, that I'm God's answer. Wow, this is incredible. As Moses battles in his mind to grasp that he could possibly be the one for such a task, that God would actually choose him. And as he battles through all of the emotions and the doubts and the excuses that he gives, he hears these affirming words in verse 12 of a father, listen, who speaks the same affirming words over you right now. He says this, I will certainly be with you. I am with you, certainly I will be with you. Chosen ones, I am surely with you. I am with you. That, that word certainly means without a doubt, no doubt. You don't have to worry. Without fail, you will not be alone in your sending. You will not be alone where I place you and put you. You will never be alone when you are the answer. He's with us. He's with us and, and He promises to give us everything that we need to be the answer that He needs us to be. It's a bit of a mouthful. He gives us everything we need to be the answer that He needs us to be. And so we see, we, our reading stops there, but we see if we read the rest of Exodus that Moses, he does eventually step up. He had some obstacles to overcome, if you know the story with the, the toing and throwing with the Pharaoh. Let my people go. Nope. Let my people. Anyway, read it in your own time. But he became God's answer. And by the hand of Moses, 
because of God's great right hand, some of the most amazing miracles were performed. The most incredible miracles, some that the Bible even records, the parting of the Red Sea, all of these great things. And so my question that I want to leave you with this morning is how about you? How about you? God's saying this morning, he wants to remind you afresh today. Do you know it? Do you realize it? That you're his answer. He's chosen you. Are you ready? Are you ready to be his answer? Come on, why don't we stand up just this morning? I'm going to pray. We're just going to sing this song again. and We'll begin to wrap things up. Let me, let me pray over you, over our church and over anyone who's listening to this message. God, we thank you for who you are. I thank you for the order that Exodus records. Moses asks this question, who am I? And then a little bit later, which we don't get to see, he asks the question, who are you? (laughs) And I want to remind you this morning that you will never realize, you will never come to the full understanding of who you are until you find out who he is. Who am I? Who are you? But right now, I just want to pray over your assignments, your mission. Because as you know around here, you're in ministry and you're on a mission. Wherever it is you're doing, that's your mission. That's your ministry. You are ministers, all right? So God, I thank you for who you are. That you're well able. Lord, that you got our back. That you have us. And because you've got us, we've got what you've got us to do. I, I thank you for the call, the calling, the purpose that is resting on people's lives today, right now. I thank you for the kingdom assignments, the things that you've positioned us for, the people that you've put us in front of. I thank you for the ability for us to pray, to see things shift. I thank you for the courage that you put in us. I thank you for the strength and the peace when we need it. I thank you for the storms that you take us into. And I thank you for that promise most of all, surely I will be with you. Certainly I will be with you. I will certainly be with you. And right now, wherever there's anxiety, wherever there is doubt, wherever there is concern or worry about what it is you've called us to do, maybe wherever there might be an excuse of sorts. I don't know about this. I don't think it's me. I think it might. I don't think I'm the answer to anything. Listen, friend, you are God's answer. You are God's answer. I'll just repeat it again for emphasis. You are God's answer. You are God's answer. His coming is your going. You are His answer. You are His answer in the world today. Don't be looking for somebody else. Don't be looking for someone more talented, more good looking can't be possible. You're too good looking. 
especially you, Norma Menzies. You are God's answer. He chooses you. And so I pray for the strength of the Holy Spirit, for the people that you'll put us, put in front of us, for the ones that you want us to speak to, the ones you want us to pray for, the ones you want us to bless, the people you put in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your strength, for your ability in us, for your grace in us, for your peace in us. As we go from this place today, as we have our Sunday service out here and kind of an outreachy feel about it, I thank you, Lord, that we understand today and we say yes to you. I get it, God, that your coming down is my going out. That your sending is my going. God, I pray for your blessing in your hand over our lives, over our families, over our marriages. God, may we stand and live our life on the foundation of faith. Come and have your way, not just on the surface in kind of a religious form, but in the deeper places of our heart. Renew our minds. Let us have the truth on the inside about who you are and about who we are. And empower us by your Holy Spirit to do whatever it is. That you